listeners, welcome back to a, an incredible episode of the Business of Wellness. I am your host, Jacqueline London, and I am joined today by an amazing expert guest. I am here with Amy Gorin. She is truly one of a kind. We have known each other, honestly, for over a decade and overlapped at different phases of our career. You will hear us get into all of that on today's episode. Amy is also the founder of an unbelievable program called Master the Media. Uh, she has a background in magazine journalism. That's actually how she got her start and how she became interested in clinical nutrition and dietetics. Amy's also a registered dietitian like me, and we met in graduate school in food microbiology for all of those dietitians out there who remember that one. We talk about everything from how health professionals can leverage media expertise to work and create entirely new revenue streams. This conversation was truly quite enlightening for me. I realized some things that I am doing wrong and you will literally hear those little light bulbs going off in my head in the context of this episode. Um, we also spoke about the significance of having a media presence, niching down what is it, what does it mean, and how can you leverage it? And she also was kind enough to take us, as in myself and my listeners, through the step-by-step -step process of what it's like to negotiate with a brand and how that actually works, where she starts in the program, and where and how using the Master the Media program and the skills that you learn within the program can really help to leverage an entirely new business or bolster your existing business. I learned a lot from this episode, listeners, so I, I really can't recommend both the episode itself and the program itself enough. I am sharing some affiliate links in the notes of this episode on YouTube and on the audio listening platform. So definitely check those out. Of course, I do earn a commission, a small commission, um, at no additional cost to you if you choose to sign up from these links. So definitely check these out and let me know if you sign up for the program. I would love to hear from you. I'd also love to hear what you think of this episode. Did you learn anything? How did something you learn on this episode change your approach to working with brands, to working with media, to build building your own media presence. I would love to hear from you. So make sure that you leave a five-star rating and a review wherever you're listening or watching right now. If you're watching, you're definitely on YouTube. So just say hi in the comments. I'd love to hear from you. And I will see you on the other side. You can always find me in the meantime on social at JacquelineLondonRD on Twitter and Instagram and at JacquelineLondon on TikTok. Amy Gorin is here. Amy, welcome. Welcome Thank to the so business of wellness. What a treat. This is a beyond treat. We have so many things to talk about that it's very hard to even know where to start. But I, but where I do, where I know that I want to start is with you telling us about you and about Master the Media and how it started, where you started. And the fact that I was just thinking yesterday as I was pulling this together, where we first met and I have a memory of meeting you. This is an exciting one in food microbiology. At NYU, because we had a mutual friend, we our mutual friend Merritt Watts, the most amazing, wonderful person ever. Oh my but gosh, I, yes! But I really like that memory. Just came back to me yesterday, and I was like, I've got to ask Amy if she remembers that. It's crazy, you know. And also, I what a class! Say, I have this thing where I'm always like, where did I meet this person in real life? Because I always I knew of you before I knew you, you know. And right, that's so funny. You you mentioned like the torture science classes that we had to take to become dietitians. <laughs> <laughs> that one was particularly grueling because you really have to get into that's like every foodborne illness class you know like oh that gosh. was when you got into but to this day I mean it really that's a class yes. that I feel like I held on to and like when we had parties and like that hummus is going in the trash like we're not eating that like, yeah I'm very like yep you know. <laughs> since we last saw each other in food microbiology in the summer of I want to say 2009 or 10 <laughs> over a decade ago doesn't feel like it, but it is. Um, tell us about tell us about how this all started. Yes, <laughs> I I feel like we have we have similar but like different backgrounds, right? So I um, before I was a dietitian, I was a magazine editor. So I did the whole like yes. undergrad journalism, grad school journalism, actually magazine journalism, which I feel so yeah. dated saying that because magazines are obviously a whole different Same. thing right now. <laughs> 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 and then I went to work in publishing. I moved to New York City. I worked at Prevention, Health, Parents, American Baby, and Weight Watchers Magazine and WeightWatchers.com. And that was about eight years that I did that. And about a year in, I was like, I was working in the nutrition department at Prevention. 
And I was like, you know what? This is really fascinating. And there's so much science and the science makes my head want to explode. And I was talking one day to an omega-3 expert who was so amazing and spent like a couple of hours on the phone with me explaining DHA and EPA and ALA Mm. and like all these terms where I was like, I'm learning about this for the first time. And I got off the call and I was like, this is amazing, but I want to be able to understand this in a second, not two hours. So that's when I started thinking about going back to school. Um, And then, you know, because it takes forever to do all the science classes that we talked about. So that took about seven Mm. years. (laughs) And then the minute (laughs) I I became a dietitian, because I had spent that whole time, you know, working as an editor, interviewing dietitians and seeing that they were doing all these awesome things on TV. They were representing brands. They'd come in for desk side meetings and they'd tell me about their brands that they were working with. And I just thought, you know what? that sounds really fun. Why don't I just try it? And if I don't like it, if it doesn't work, I can always go back to my magazine job, but I never looked back. And so that's, that was year one. That was like late 2015, early 2016. And then I started working with brands right away because I had all those contacts and like being interviewed by the media. And then people started coming to me with questions. And then that was really it. That was like master of the media became a, master the media because I thought, you know, if people have this many questions, why not make it into an actual program? And it really started as a passion project. I mean, it still is like, I just really love sharing all this information and helping other health professionals actually make the money. Oh God. Okay. Already she's introduced. I'm sorry to do this to you, Amy. I have to get onto this first tangent. It's a first, it's a mini tangent. It's not a real one, but no, it's, it's just, it's first of all, I was saying to you the other day when we were talking about this, that I just feel like how badly we need this. Like this is so needed in our profession, but it, it's really true that there are so many other like professions that uh, within healthcare that really, really need not just, not just the sort of exposure, which is what I think it kind of used to feel like is like, it's just about the exposure, but it's really about the dollars. Like it's very hard to survive on the traditional salary of a dietitian. I mean, like, especially like a clinical dietitian, it's really, it's not an easy thing. So, so maybe you could share like just a little bit of the nitty gritty of what, of how you can kind of like augment the, the baseline salary of dietitians, physical therapists, uh, you know, uh, nurse practitioners, whatever with, with the program. A hundred percent. And I will say when we talk about working with the media and working with the brands, obviously money is a huge benefit, but also just being able to communicate your message to millions of people versus one-to-one when you do in a private practice setting. It's huge. huge. But let's talk about the money. So part one of, you know, making six figures, multiple six figures, working, with the media and with brands is working with the media. And a lot of people want to just fast forward to the brand part, but you have to do the baseline. Like you have to set up your house before you, you know, entertain. Right. So you, I love that you said that's a beautiful (laughs) metaphor. I love that so much. Okay. Carry on. (laughs) So what I teach is how to get featured in online publications, print publications, TV, radio, podcast, you use mm-hmm. all of that to increase your name recognition, to become more or less a household name for people to say, oh, she's a famous dietitian. I want to work with her. So then you come to the point where you have more people flooding into your private practice if you have a practice. You can charge more because you're famous now. And I know you might think mm-hmm. I'm not going to be famous from being in like a Huffington Post article. But people, like literally my business coach just told me the other day that she hired a coach because she went to that person's Instagram profile and it said featured in Huffington Post. So it goes a long way. Oh. And then Note to sell. Gotta, <laughs> gotta right? update that thing. <laughs> and then from there, you can work with brands as a spokesperson. And that's where the big dollars come in. Like you can earn, I earn over $200,000 just from brand partnerships, and I have five other income streams. And then you can get a book deal and say, instead of getting a $4,000 book deal, it might be $50,000 or even double that because you have this name recognition. Same with speaking engagements. Mm. So you add all of those income streams up and you're already like a gazillion times what you're getting paid as a clinical dietitian or health professional. Yes. I mean, Amy, listen, we've been on the phone for, we've been on the phone. We've been on, we've been on this recording for 10 minutes. 
I'm already like, shit, I've got things to do after <laughs> this call. Did not even occur to me how to leverage. Even just that little nugget of information did not even occur to me to do. I, I, and by that nugget, I mean for anyone listening, I'm talking about the idea of putting nationally recognized publications into your bio, profile, whatever it is across media, just because that wouldn't that wouldn't occur to me. But now you're saying it and I'm like, no, no, that makes complete sense. Especially because I, I think I take it for granted and uh, tell me if this is way off, but like, I personally feel like I take it for granted that, that I like to, that I'm like naturally curious, right? So like, I like to, so like if someone has a link in their profile, I'm going to click it personally. I'm personally going to click it because I'm curious in, and I'm interested in things like that. And so even if I'm in a rush, I'll still do it quickly, noted, moving on, right? Like, so, so it's not, it never became second nature for me to understand that like the rest of the world maybe doesn't work like that. The rest of the world doesn't work oh. like that. And thank you for being that, you know, one no. person who clicks because yeah, people, yes. I mean, just, this is a world where people are busy. And if you're thinking about it from the sense of a potential client, but even, you know, yeah. more hugely a brand partner or someone who, a publisher, they want to be able to find the information quickly. And so if it's not there, they're going to just move on to the next person. Right. Same with your website. If your contact information isn't on your website and you don't have what's called an as seen in section where you say featured in food network, us news, you know, right. five or six logos, they might say, well, this person isn't who we're looking for, even if you are yeah. who they're looking for. Right. Great, great point. Oh my God. Already. This is what I'm saying, people. Already. And this is the sheer brilliance of Amy. Okay. So how, so given where, where you started, because I know that it, it didn't just happen overnight, but given how you started and knowing all of this and being the genius that you are. <laughs> Not, not to, not to just continue to spend our time together just being like Amy is brilliant. Listen to her more, but I, I can't help it because now I'm my brain is a little bit exploding. But where do you like? How did this evolve over time? The the program or the making it your full time? Not not full time. You said you have five specific different income streams, but your your focus like building out the actual program. Yeah. So I think that's a great question. So it started off as kind of a side project and it started off as a smaller, you know, right now it's a very robust relaunched program. It started off as kind of a smaller thing on the side. Um, and it was really just teaching dietitians only, not even all healthcare practitioners mm -hmm. like it is now, how to work with the media. And we didn't really back then in the early days, like 2017, touch on the money part of it. And then over the last, yeah. I think it was really during the pandemic when like, you know, me and the rest of the world had time to just sit at home and think. It was right, kind of like, right. you know what? Teaching people how to work with the media is great, but we really need to teach them how to leverage that to make money. Right. And so that's when really the whole program like got revamped. Now it's a six month program. Half of it is dedicated to getting your name recognition, becoming like a household name. And then the second entirety of it is dedicated to making money through brand partnerships and like how to, and speaking engagements and book deals and all of that and how to also protect yourself because that's the important part, like earn your worth, how do you negotiate your worth, how to turn a thousand dollar offer into a $50,000 one, for instance, and how to protect yourself legally. Like we've had people who are students say literally like they tell a story and the essence of the story is I signed my life away in a contract and I didn't even know it. Yeah. And that mistake can cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that's what the program is there to help you really not do. And like how to make, yeah. just like how to protect yourself, how to make the most of this world, this like crazy world, because it is a little crazy and awesome. Mm. Yes. Okay. I've got to ask you this because I've been thinking about this a lot and I don't know if you have a specific answer and please feel free to be as specific as, as you feel you want to be or need to be. But can you first explain for our, our listeners who I imagine everyone listening or most people listening will, will know what I'm talking about. But if you, if you don't, then you, you can set the stage for us. When you hear the phrase like use of name and likeness, what should dietitians, let's just use dietitians as our healthcare focus for a second. What what should dietitians be thinking about when you're considering how to charge for something like you? So much. 
Um, okay. This is, <laughs> I can talk for like five hours on this, but let's do that. Please, please give us a little, <laughs> give us everything. Okay. So first of all, the term name and likeness, if you're not familiar with it, it means you're literally you, your biography, your image, the essence of you. And when you work with a brand, say you're doing social, like an Instagram post for them or a blog post. Oftentimes what's included in your contract is the ability of that brand to say, feature you on their Instagram channel, feature you talking about their product on their website, pitch you to media. Mm. But that is called use of name and likeness. And that should be very expensive because think about it this way. You spent however many years in school, like combined, like I think I've spent like, I didn't even, I don't know, something like 15 years in school. It's a really long time. (laughs) So um, yes. Yeah. It feels like that. Right. Yeah. Multiple degrees and it it took forever. So like, I don't want to just not really, I don't want to dismiss that. And so what a brand is paying for is not just, I think a lot of times people think, oh, I'm getting paid for my time. But when you're working with brands, it's not your time you're getting paid for. You're getting paid for your credentials and your endorsement. And that's where name and likeness, like it's, it's like hard to give like every situation it's going to be different, but ballpark, I mean, yeah, that can cost a thousand dollars a month. Just for existing. Yeah. So like you haven't even done the work yet. Right. Right. That's a great point. That's such a great point. I'm also, my stomach just flipped over because I, <laughs> so, I, so I, I'm apologizing more to Amy because I, I feel like I'm making a face right now that is more just at myself and not at, not at Amy because I, I will just take this moment to admit that I made a huge mistake last year. Last year was my first, 2022 was my first year working for myself. So I feel like uh, comfortable, like, listen, we all make mistakes and I'm the first person to be like, we all make mistakes. And like, it's okay to have a little self-compassion. Like I'll I'll be front and center on that. I'm not very good at it, but I'll be the first to say it. (laughs) So I'm not very good at practicing it, but I, I can say it. Right. But I, I made such a big mistake to the point where I found out from an, an editor friend at a national media publication one that you just mentioned, in fact, who was like, um, did you know about this? Who was kind enough to be like, did you know about this? And sent me a pitch from someone who was using my name and likeness to pitch a concept that I wrote about in my book, which is over my left shoulder right now, right? That I had kind of, that I had shared with them in a conversation, but I thought was protected because we did not sign anything. So I, so we had talked about working together, but I was like, this isn't moving forward until we officially put this in writing. Like I've signed nothing. So you're not going out to the media to pitch anything. Well, I was wrong. (laughs) I I mean, that's their mistake, not your mistake. They can't do that. They can't do that. But then, but then my question, I guess my question is like using that example, I could take legal action, but then I would have to retain the legal counsel that would cost something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like I'm not going I mean the, action, the right? thing to do in that situation is to send a nice email and it's always I know sometimes, you know, in that situation you're probably yeah. feeling furious and it's always to your benefit to Yes. Take I usually take a day when I'm angry or irritated. Yes. Like let my emotions settle and then I just write a nice email because yes. it's never gonna serve you well to be snippy. Um and just no, be like, you're right. you know, I did, this is what I did. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yes. yeah, just say, you know, that's not, uh, you know, if you'd like to use my name and likeness, we can drop an agreement. Um, and you can throw in there, you know, this is what I would charge. And then that'll probably scare them away, to be honest, because obviously they're not wanting right. to pay you if they're using it without your permission. Right, right. <laughs> such a good point. That is such a good point, Amy. They're obviously not wanting to pay you if they're going to go ahead and use your name and likeness without your permission. That is such a solid point. That is so, so simple and yet so true and so powerful. Thank you. I needed that. Okay. I feel a little better. I feel a little better. I still feel pissed though. I still feel No, you pissed. should feel. And I feel like you brought up a really good point of self-compassion because I'm telling you all of this and it's not like I didn't make those mistakes early on in the day too. Like I look back, my very, very first partnership as a dietitian was a radio segment and oh my gosh, I undercharged for it. But it's like, you don't know until you know. And that's why I am so passionate about teaching this. So other people can skip ahead and not make those mistakes. 
Can I say one other compliment to you that, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to make this whole thing a compliment to you, but I really have to say this because I really, I don't, I have yet to see anyone else in our field doing this. And I, I really want to be like extremely clear and specific on this. No one in our industry talks about money. And honestly, if you don't know, then you don't have a frame of reference. And Amy is like, like brass tacks. Like she, she's, and I didn't even mean to use a like little finance pun right there, but I just feel like, thank God for you, because I wouldn't have any sense of the ballpark because there are a lot, the words like a lot, a little more, those mean different things to people. So like, like if I'm, and I think about it, like just in terms of counseling terms, like nutrition counseling terms, like when I say more vegetables, but when I'm saying that, I'm saying that at, to, a, to a large audience to be able to say like, if no matter where you're coming from, more is better, right? And that's an easy way to think about it, right? Some people might make that same argument with money, but for our profession specifically, we have no gauge. Like we just don't, we're not, no one, no one talks to you about it. You accept your clinical starting salary and there's very little, little room for negotiation because you're working with a hospital, like you're working with a clinical organization. So you can't really negotiate, you know? So there's, there's just and no way of really understanding that. And you do an amazing job of it. Well, thank you. Um, I mean, I look back to, it's like when I look back to my editor jobs and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I never negotiated yeah. as strongly as I should have. And it's like, this is a skill you learn really fast when you're on your own. Like you, it's like the speed course to like learning how to negotiate, learning how to do everything yeah. business. And I know in our profession, it's, you know, like we, it's not like I'm going to go and tell someone like you have to charge X, Y, Z. It's never that conversation. It's always, well, based on your engagement and your, and your stats and, you know, your niche, excuse me, and everything like that, this is what the ballpark is. And then, and that's why, you know, I'm going to just mention the term rate cards. Like maybe you've heard that term, Mm. you haven't, but sometimes when someone wants to work with you, they'll say, can you send me your rate card? And you really can't have a rate card because what you charge not only depends on like how you package those deliverables together, how long you're working together, but it also depends on, I mean, there's so many factors. Like there's, you know, is it a huge corporation and there's going to be a lot of red tape and you have to like go back and forth a million times, or is it a really easy to work with, you know, person where everything's just going to be really easy. And so those are already two different rates. You know, how big is their audience? Mm. How big are, how much are they exposing your name and likeness? You know, those are, these are all kind of situations, like specifics that you have to, take into account to come up with a custom rate every single time. I love that. Guys, a pro tip just buried in there. Wait, that is so huge, Amy, because I feel like I have been so, there has been something that has given my stomach again, another little turn every time I think about the idea of having a rate card and I couldn't pinpoint it. Right. Like, and you just did like, that was exactly it. That's exactly it. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. It's not the same thing for everybody. It's just not, it's never going to be. But I think, I think you touch on something with that. And, and as part of the master the media program, that is huge, which is that when you're a health professional, you are both expert and influencer. So you need to be uh, treated as such, right? Yes. Except I'm going to change one little shift. There's like a little shift in the terminology. So we can call ourselves experts with influence. So, and I I love this because that means if you have 200 followers on Instagram, you're an expert with influence. You can get compensated for posting because maybe your engagement rate on that 200 followers, like 80%, which would be amazing, right? An influencer obviously has millions of followers and even a micro-influencer, like you might be a micro-influencer and an expert with influence, but this is the beauty of, I think a lot of people think, I don't have a following, I can't do this, but you can, you have Mm. influence. Even if you had no social platforms, a brand can use your testimonial and that has influence. This is the, I'll tell you that this is the interview I needed to hear today. (laughs) I've been thinking about this a lot. I've been thinking about this a lot and I've been thinking like, God, I really need to change course. Like that, that's just been my, my general thought because I have found, and like, this is, this is switching gears a little bit, but I, I feel like I've found more recently that because certain platforms have certain well-known platforms, let's say, let's call the, let's take the meta platforms as one and like TikTok and YouTube, Google's platform as, as another, because these have evolved over the years. Like when I look back at my, I looked, I saw something on Instagram 
you know, it's like giving you that like snapshot or whatever. It's like something on, on the platform that shows you member since. And it made me feel a little sorry for, it made me feel old. Number one, <laughs> 2013. Yes, I have been a member of this for a decade, but also it made me feel like, okay, so I've been on here for a while, but when I first got on, when I first joined the platform, it was very clearly a social network. So they were taking, right? Like it was like when you aggregated your friends or your contacts, the people in your phone, right? And then that's how you joined. And then over time, my professional trajectory has evolved, right? Like I was working at the hospital when I joined Instagram and now I'm in a very different place and I've had like lots of different experiences along the way. So my, so my use of the platform has really evolved in, and I, and now that I need these platforms to show, to sort of like help me help them <laughs> slash help me help myself. You know what I mean? That it's very, it's so, it's so challenging to see growth because of, um, because of the saturation of them. Right. Like, so, so explain this to us and explain yeah. the landscape to us. Yeah. I mean, and I will also say, so I don't know if I'm the only one here who I think about time travel, like a strangely large yes. amount. <laughs> Yes, I do too. I, I do too, Amy. Preach it. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I always, I've had the thought so many times, if I could go back in time, yes. I would start Instagram like the minute I could and I would start a blog the minute I could. But I did not do either of those things. Okay. Um, okay. And even back in the day when I was an editor, I had a private Instagram. So that means like if I didn't know you, I was like, nope, you can't, yes. see, you can't follow me. And so I didn't right. use that leverage, which would have been huge to get followers, but I did not. Um, yep. And so my point is like, yes, it is, it is so freaking slow <laughs> and yeah. you're not the only one feeling the pain. Um, and it just is a fact, you know, there's people who post three times a day and those people have growth, but like, that's a full-time job in my opinion. <laughs> so that's not happening for me, um, yes. but I'm okay with that because it's really, it's not just about follower count. It's about engagement. Yeah. And so when we talk about engagement, you yeah. know, what percentage of your followers are like commenting, liking, sharing your posts. And that's really almost equally or more important sometimes than your follower count, mm. because you can have a hundred thousand followers. And if your engagement is like 0. 0.000 and nobody's actually engaging with your content, that means you're really not sharing things that people feel compelled, you know, to, to think about and to pause about. Yeah. Yes. That's such a good point. That's such a good point. Now, my, my follow-up to this is that this maybe this to me makes perfect sense basically until 2021 ish. And now I feel like you're sort of told that your post may not be seen. Like, let me, let me just give you a perfect example of this. <laughs> My sister is someone who actively posts on Instagram. I never it's never shown to me. Like, it's almost like I have to go actively seek her out. And I taught my mom how to do it because I was like, you missed this. And I was like, I almost missed it too. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so if we, like the first thing that, that pops up and um, if anyone from Instagram is listening to this, I literally, yes, I do love the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but I do not need to see Kyle Richards the first thing when I <laughs> I, I kind of need to keep up with my family. Just like a little bit, just a little, there's a slight difference. The Richards family, the Richard sisters are not my sisters. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like that should not be the first thing that I'm seeing when I open this app, but it is, right? Like, so, so I guess there would be that argument. And I'm wondering if anyone else listening to this even has had that experience where you're not necessarily seeing the things that, so, so then it becomes a worry of your own, which is like, well, I'm worried that my network isn't really seeing this first, Yeah, you know? And that's, that is a real concern. There are a few things. And um, by the way, my mom just joined Instagram like two weeks ago. So yay. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I get all your emails that drive me to Instagram. I don't have Instagram. Okay, fine. I'll have one. Oh, um, oh I love have, that. I love that. <laughs> do you have your close friends set up on Instagram? I did. So but your, then, yeah, I did. Add your that's sister to it. And then she should show up as a priority. Okay. But beyond that, okay, that's I one easy it, solve. That's an easy solve. Yes. <laughs> I do find it a little frustrating. And I, I actually have like a check, like a list of my close professional friends and colleagues. who I want to see what they're mm. doing every day. And I just, as annoying as it is, I make it a point to just put their names in search, see what they're up to engage, you know, and it's like, yes. okay, hopefully 
if I'm doing that, someone else is doing it too. That's a great point. Okay. That's not, that's a great point. I mean, yes, it takes a little extra effort, but hopefully it sort of retrains the plot. Like if these platforms have any yes. AI really built in, which they're supposed to, right? Like then that'll kind of retrain the algorithm to show you these things more frequently, hopefully down the road. Yeah. And I mean, Again, and that Instagram is why is I do find <laughs> Facebook is a little bit more friendly in that sense. Like I do actually see my friends post yeah. versus Instagram. Right. It's a little convoluted. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. This is a great, this is very interesting. Amy, I feel like I, I'm going to take us away from this because I just feel like I have so many more questions that hopefully we'll get through a few others so that we can cover the full landscape and then we can always come back. All right. I want to talk about something because speaking of Instagram, I found this on your Instagram yesterday and I was like, oh my God, she's got to talk about this. She's got to tell us about this. Tell us about the, the mindset. This this is something you posted a video about this. I want to say it was maybe even yesterday. Yeah. Two yesterday. days ago, whatever it was. And it really got me because I was like, no, I, I fully know. And I would be surprised to hear if anyone didn't, if anyone doesn't already know this about themselves. Right. But I fully know that, that any of my challenges are related to a lack of self-confidence. I don't want to call it self-confidence because it's not, it's not universal to every aspect of my personality, but like about asking for what I have earned in a certain scenario, right? Like, and you spoke about mindset as it relates to business. And I wonder if you could talk to us about that, yeah. what you were saying and what the power of mindset really is in this space yeah. when you work for yourself. And I'm so glad you brought this up because this is something that's near and dear to my heart. Like this is something I have actively been working on for over a year now. I hired a, like last year. And part of what mm. I said about mindset is like, you have to invest in yourself to grow and you have to believe in yes. yourself. And so last yes. year I said, I'm going to hire a business coach who is actually like what we focus on the majority of the time is mindset. And I remember my husband was like, okay, you're basically just like hiring a business therapist. And now he's like, okay, I see the value. Like a lot has changed in a very short time yeah. and it's all good. <laughs> and so right. honestly, right. the biggest mindset shift for me, so like rewind about like, I don't know how many months. And I was, cause I just relaunched the Master of the Media program and I was launching and I was like, nothing's happening. Like, you know, I'm sharing all this stuff mm -hmm. and just nothing's happening. And so my, you know, my uh, business coach and I were talking and she was like, well, either something is drastically not working with your marketing or there's literally a switch that you need to flip. And so mm -hmm. I was like, you know what, there's this thing that I've been thinking about doing for a long time, but I'm just really afraid to do it. And that theme was sharing my income. And so it was kind of like, yes, why am I afraid to do this? There's really no good reason except yes. my friends and family might be like, okay, like that's a lot of money. Like that was really like what my fear was, which doesn't even really make sense. Mm. And so I shared mm -hmm. my, and I was like, you know what? I don't feel comfortable sharing my total income like at this minute in time because I don't see the benefit of that. But I do see the benefit of telling people yeah. how much you can earn from one income stream from working with brands. So I shared that amount, $203,000. And then mm -hmm. like literally that day, the next day, the next day, people were pouring into the program. And it was just like, okay, they just needed to know that this works. Like this is what you can make very attainable. And that people, me, the program, like my other coach, Samantha, like we're going to talk to you about money. It's, you know, and, and now I, when my students join, I say, tell me your income, tell me what you want to be making. And we have very real conversations because to grow, you have to have those real conversations. And so this all goes back to, yeah, you can't be scared. You're not going to get yes. as far as you want if you're holding yourself back. You know, I, I've been thinking about this a lot and I know I was thinking about this like in, in preparation for us chatting too, which is that our profession is 98% women. And I've thought about this a lot in the question of mindset, in the question of sort of believing in oneself, which comes very naturally to the opposite sex in a way that doesn't <laughs> quite come to us, you know? And I just think about this a lot because I think that I, I, first of all, I think that it is extremely commendable and I would feel the exact same way if I were you. I, there is nothing about that that sounds comfortable. 
right? Like to share, even to just share one income stream, because you're right, you're not sharing your total income. Like why does that, why should it really matter? But it matters. It matters a lot because people in our profession need to know that that is possible and exists. And I would say that even if you're making a fraction of that, and if it's not your primary income, then that could still be really encouraging. You're just like, okay, I just want to get, I want to understand this and I want to get in on, on it a little bit. So I wonder if like the reason why this feels so novel and amazing and inspiring to me that you've done it, right. Is that we see this, like, I, I just, I had TikTok on this morning in the background, right? Like I'm scrolling through as I get ready. (laughs) I was like, people are sharing numbers all over the internet in other professions. So like, it makes complete sense why you would see this as something that would be a switch that, that might potentially unlock things for you in a big way. But it also makes sense that we haven't, that our profession has not yet tapped into this and that we need some clarity in order to like take action. Right? Yeah. And I, I think you, what you tapped on is like, yes, we are, we are women primarily. And if you are a man who wants to work with brands, mm. like you have an amazing end and, <laughs> That would be amazing because, like, yes. there's only, <laughs> yes, there's, not, there's not enough of you guys. Um, but honestly, right. I think I look at it as being a good thing. Um, and not to say, like, if we got more men, that would be a bad thing. Yeah. Um, I think, and it's like, so I, and I think, I think you should feel this way too. Like, I wake up every day and I'm just like, I am good at what I do. I am great at what I do. I yeah. help people. And I just like, I know all these, and it's like, I'm talented. Like, I can do things. And it's like, you have to have that self belief. And you just have to tell yourself, mm. like, I actually, my, I don't make New Year's resolutions, but like on my New Year's to-do list is like, I want to actually make a printout of yeah. like things that I've accomplished just so I can remember them every day and remind myself of that. Yes. But I think like just having that self-belief and reminding yourself that you have to have that self-belief because it's all work, right? You have to, you don't just wake up one day and become like self-evolved and self-confident, but it's a work. In right. And, and I think us as a community of mostly women, like there's so much amazing support. And I think we have to lean into that too. Like asking for help, asking for advice, like, and my master in the media coaching program, like it is, you know, it's a program and it teaches you things, but it's also a mastermind of like-minded entrepreneurs. And a lot of, Mm. most of the people who join say, I felt so alone until now. And like, I found my people and having that community to talk to and to build up your confidence and keep it high is huge. Yes. Oh God. I mean, she's really, she's just spot on today, folks. It's really, this is, I hate to say that selfishly, this is really what I needed today. This is what I needed today. But I know that anyone listening to this will also feel like that. I mean, that really does feel, that really does feel so, I mean, you've already said so many things just in the course of our short time together that have really like kind of flipped a switch for me. I mean, even just, just in certain ways of thinking about it. Here's what I would love for you to do with us is to kind of walk us through the process of, I'm going to say I, uh, a, a family friend used this expression with me the other day, and um, I'm going to repeat it now because it's a great one, which is, it's not a negotiation. It's a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. oh, that's a brilliant, that's a brilliant, both a brilliant line for someone who I, I may have otherwise referred to as a master negotiator. But in this context, I feel like you, like, let's walk through a conversation. Maybe it's from a recent example. You can name names. You don't have to name names at all. Like, what what has it been like for you working with a brand kind of start to finish? You were approached or you approached them. How'd it work? Let's start. Yeah. So I will also, I just want to comment on what you just said, because I think that is so spot on. It's always a conversation. And I think, so my classic line that I tell people is like, get on the phone, like, you're not going to solve anything Ooh. over email because yes. that turns into a conversation. Power move. You can yes. insinuate things over email. You can be like, oh, they're mad, but it's like, no, they're just tired or rushed, you know? And it's, yeah. and so you get on the phone and you talk it through and you talk through ideas. And that's really when you're negotiating with a brand, like, and that's going to mm-hmm. be my next thing that I share is like, how do you turn that conversation of, hey, do you want to do an Instagram post into, hey, let's work together for a year and we can do all of these things. And it's like, you know, 50 or $60,000. Yeah. So there's, I want to tell you, I'm trying to think of which example to share because some of them happen extremely fast and some, Mm. like I have one partnership. It took like literally like 10 years, which I know sounds crazy, but like (laughs) it was a publicist who I knew as an editor. We stayed in contact. She always thought of me. 
Yeah. And then it wasn't until a couple of years ago, she had the perfect project for me. So it's really about yeah. networking and having like treating the people on the other side as humans and friends and colleagues and they're yeah. people too. And you're not just doing a business transaction. It's, you know, you're playing the long game, but you're not even playing at it because I genuinely can say like people on the other side are my actual friends. Um, right. So let me tell you, I'm still trying to think what I want to share with you. <laughs> So, um, okay, I'll use an example from like many years ago. Um, And so this is me pitching because I think, I think it's like some things do kind of just come to you, but I don't want to use that as an example because you're going to start off pitching yourself. Right, Um, right, 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 right. So Fancy, which is for um, dietitian here, is the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics Annual Conference. Um, So there's a huge expo floor. And so I, you know, went around networking and one of the brands I happen to just genuinely love and like eat every day. And that makes, by the way, like you're never going to get the best to actually consume a product yourself or recommend yes. to clients. That's like yes, rule number yes, one. Yes. So you have to show that you're passionate about it. And so I just like went to this booth and started talking to the person and like told them all the ways I love their product and eat it. And so then we continued that conversation and then they connected me with the PR firm um, that represented them. And I think it's been like six or seven years. I've lost track of time. We're still working together. Mm. And like, that's the beauty of getting in the door, having it be something that you use every day, every week, every month of your life. And then having that be an ongoing relationship, the deliverables, what you're doing might drastically Mm -hmm. change because the media and brand landscape drastically changes. The economy changes. Um, but like, so we, we started off doing like a lot of blog posts and recipes. Now we do more media and who knows what's going to happen next year, but it's like every year, you know, we just check in and we're like, what do we want to do next year together? Hmm. That's such a good one. Do you, are you able to share which, what brand or Um, if it's a, you could give us a category even. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's just say it's a, um, like a snack product. A healthy Perfect. Perfect. Because I think about this a lot because I, I, even if I were giving myself the kind of like, um, uh, let me think about how I'm going to approach 2023, right? Like even if I'm giving myself that kind of canvas, that's such a, the power in the point that you just made is that this is, this is healthy snacks. There could be a number of snacks in my pantry that even if I like them, I may not recommend them to everyone that I work with or or for example, I had a private client the other day who um, who really needs some very specific low sodium recommendations. And so it kind of got my wheels turning. I've been like, I'm literally always have one eye open for low sodium products. And it makes me think like, okay, like now I, now I kind of have this, this little hub of my own that is like really for my own use to be able to use lower sodium recommendations. I can use that with individuals. I personally don't need to, to consume only low sodium foods. Right. But I, but it doesn't mean that I can't speak to their value. Right. So, so it kind of like, it's almost like you look at your kitchen, you look at your work, (laughs) you look at what you personally like to eat or, or use either way. Right. Like it's almost like that's the blank canvas from which you're starting. And then you have something to go off of so that you can speak to other. And it can also be what your household eats or consumes or what your clients, like you just used an example of eater consumes. Like if you have kids, that's, a mm. huge market or even sometimes like I am a pescatarian and my niche is plant-based eating, but my husband eats anything and everything. And so right. sometimes it would make sense to actually work with something that's like say beef because right. he eats it and we have to kind of figure out how to make our meals for both of us, you know, and right. and I'm not, not, you know, like I don't judge other people for what they eat. So like, it's just a personal choice for right. me, you know? Right. Right. I mean, I think, um, I think that also though, Amy, back to your original point, and, and I'm so glad you said it this way, cause it's such a great point, which is the experts with influence, because uh, I think that really brings it full circle right there, which is that if you're an influencer, then, and that's your main, and again, zero judgment. I say that, I don't say that with judgment. I'm saying that that's really the distinction though, is that then your, your, your value is in your network and therefore your testimonial alone as someone with a large network, right? Is like getting the message out there. But if if you have an if you have a specific area of expertise, then your influence carries greater weight and 
and the sort of network effect of your word carries greater weight, right? Yes. And I think that can lead us into it. Another point that I know we had wanted to talk about, um, yes. because I think a lot of people yes. either don't see the point in niching or they're just afraid to pigeonhole themselves. Like, wouldn't it be better just to do everything? But think about it. Yeah. Like, this is what I quickly learned. Like when, when I started working as a media dietitian is, you know, media outlets would come to me. They'd ask me these like really, really off the wall nutrition questions that were not in my wheelhouse. And I'd spend hours yeah. researching the nuances of, you know, the keto diet, which I mean, I can't, I can talk about the yeah. keto diet, but it's not my area of expertise. Yeah. And so even kind of just to even save time, you should develop a niche so that people know what to come yeah. to ask you questions about. So now the majority of the emails I get from reporters are about plant-based eating. And it's something that just makes sense for me to talk about. Mm. I can talk about off the top of my head. And that's what I become known for. And so then brands who have products that fit into my niche will, you know, mm. they might think of me first because they're like, oh, well, she works with plant-based foods. That makes sense. And same if you're sports nutrition or intuitive eating or, you know, whatever your niche is, low sodium eating, you know, there's a million niches out there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm still stuck on this. I mean, you explained it really well and I still feel... <laughs> about it. But I think, I think, okay, let me just, let me just separate myself for a second here because I think that a lot of people listening to you will, will understand exactly what you're saying. For some reason, for me personally, this feels really hard because I, I, because my background is in explaining is, is sort of like, I I mean, I guess maybe it's its own niche, which is myth, myth busting. (laughs) Like, I guess maybe that is its own niche in some ways, but it's a little broad. Like you can have myths about everything. So it just sort of feels like I'm back at square one. So I, I guess my, my question is that it's such a great point to think about it as like what you like talking about versus what you may just know a lot about, right? Like if, if that, if that's helpful to, to anyone listening, let's talk more about it. Tell, tell us. Yeah. More. So I, <laughs> what mean, do I, I like, Amy? That just instantly <laughs> made me think of, um, so when I, my two jobs before, like my two very last magazine editor jobs, they were, and granted this yeah. was a long time ago, so excuse the titles, but I was yeah. senior diet editor at health magazine. Yeah. And then yeah. I yeah. was in charge of all of the diet and weight loss content at Weight Watchers. Mm. And so basically that was years of my life. I focused in weight management. And so I just thought, right. Oh, I'm going to go be a dietitian and my, my niche is going to be weight management. I tried to do that for like a year and I was like, I freaking do not like this. Like it does not make me happy. I don't want to be making meal plans for people. Like it's just not like, not like I won't talk about weight loss. I just, it doesn't fulfill me. It doesn't bring me joy. It's right. Yeah. And so, and sometimes that is the point, like your niche kind of has to find you. So like, I rebranded last year as plant-based with Amy because I was like, okay, over the last few years, I've become Mm -hmm. a plant-based dietitian and now my branding needs to reflect that. And so my point is here, Mm -hmm. it doesn't always happen overnight. You kind of sometimes, and your niche can change. So if you're afraid of locking yourself in, don't be, because if you have a kid five Mm -hmm. years from now, like maybe your niche is going to change to, you know, like prenatal nutrition, like who knows? Yeah. And you kind of have to yeah. just right. go with the flow, go with how you feel, go with how the times are changing. That's such a good point. I like that too, which is that it doesn't have to be something that boxes you in forever. It just has to be something that is an area of focus for now. Yes. I also think that's really liberating for people to hear. Yes. And you can have more than one niche. I think that's the other kind of like right. myth is that you, like I have two niches, plant-based eating and media and entrepreneurship. So I talk about both, but I have, what I always tell my students who want to do this is like, you have to kind of have the two platforms, you know, two Instagram accounts, two websites, you kind of have to just, and you can refer one to the other, but they have to be two different entities. Oh, that's interesting. That's such a good point. By the way, I just made mine. Amy gave me this pro tip when we were preparing for this. And I was like, uh, yes, everyone. Wait a second. I'm going to look it up before I say the name because I can't remember <laughs> what I called it. I think it's the, I think I called it business of wellness underscore pod. So if you're listening right now and you have an Instagram account, please go I and follow that. business of wellness <laughs> underscore pod. And it was influenced by Amy Gorin, who was like, you need another Instagram for your, for your 
podcast posts because they don't have any engagement, which makes complete sense because I've confused the algorithm per Amy. This was a genius tip. She gave me a genius nugget of information that she gave me the other day, and I'm sharing it now <laughs> with everyone because it's I'm so point. glad you did that. It's a great point. Why was I what was I waiting? Because you're totally right. It's like it doesn't it doesn't quite matter that I felt like okay, well I have I've built up some degree of a following here, so it's better that it's here with low engagement than it is if it's on its own in you know taking a chance at building up new engagement. But I guess your but your point is that it doesn't have to necessarily be mutually exclusive, right? And that it, also you know, it can be a growth lever. Yes. And I, I will tell you, um, on the math, so I have two Instagrams. One is my nutrition, Amy D. Gorn. I can't, I'm a little upset that I can't change it because when you're verified, you can't like yes. rebrand yourself. Yes. It is what it is. And my other Instagram is master the media. And so I'm master the media. I am breaking all the rules oh. of like what you should be doing. Right. So, yes, because usually you're people who are following you number should be much higher than the people you are following that shows that you right. have influence. So like say, you know, on Instagram right now, I have like 19.4 thousand followers and I'm following like less than yes. 2,000. So that's a good ratio. Ratio, yeah. On Master the Media, I have, I don't know my numbers, they're like over 3,000 followers and I'm following over 5,000 people. That's yes. the opposite of what you would quote unquote want. But my yeah. goal with that Instagram account is not to get like, brand partnerships and things. I mean, yes, I would, I've taken brand partnerships on Instagram and I'm happy to do it. We have good engagement, but my goal yeah. is to engage with the health professional and dietitian community. And to do that, mm. you have to follow people. You have to talk to them. Right. It's not going to make people very happy if they like go to message you and like they're following you and you're not following them. And so for that reason, I'm kind of like all the rules out the window with that account. And so you have to, yes. there's rules for all of this, but it, sometimes it yeah. doesn't make sense to follow them. Oh, such a good nugget right there too. Yes, it's such a great point. It's sometimes you have to like actually actively do the opposite if it's what's right for your brand, your business, your area of expertise. That's such a good point. Oh, Amy, I mean, she's filled with all of them. All right. So because I want people to get a really solid sense of of the program as if they weren't already convinced because I'm pretty convinced. <laughs> I'm pretty much like, Amy, move over. I'm moving in. I'll see you in about an hour and a <laughs> half. Um, but like, <laughs> but tell us about, let's get into some of the specifics of the program before I have to let you go. Like walk us through the program and walk us through um, the the upcoming masterclass as well. And, and, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So the masterclass, which I'll circle back to in a few minutes is a free kind of, you get a teaser of what the program is like. Um, and we'll circle back to that in a second. Jackie will share her links. Um, so the Master of the Media Coaching Program, it is 12 modules that you get lifetime access to. And they walk you through how to niche, how to work with the media by being interviewed by them for online, print, TV, radio, podcast outlets, how to freelance write, like how to get your byline in the media. And then the whole second half of that of those educational materials is devoted to how to work with brands, like how to negotiate pricing, how to um, like uh, how to protect yourself legally. And every single module has what's called a master sheet. It's basically mm -hmm. a fun workbook that you turn in. So like, we're going to make a media get together. You're going to record a sample broadcast segment together. And myself and my fellow coach, Samantha Cassidy, she's an amazing media dietitian and a mutual friend of Jackie's and mine. And she amazing. and I, literally give you feedback. We record Loom voice recordings, give you feedback. We go back and forth until your media kit is perfect. And so you have those things to walk away with. And you also get lifetime access to all of that if, you know, when things get added in the future. And then the real, what I consider the gold of the program is the six months of six months of group coaching that you get. So we have a group coaching call every week. Today's Tuesday. It's happening today. And that's where... Yeah. You just come with all your questions. And a lot of times, even if you don't have questions, some, a question that somebody else asks makes you kind of reevaluate things or think of things that you want to change. And so sometimes like say a brand, you're negotiating a contract with a brand. We'll talk about that. Um, this is where we talk about like, if you want to get in contact with a publisher to get a book deal, you know, just whatever your question of the moment is, we're going to talk us through. And that's what makes things happen quickly. Like 
makes some of our students or game brand partnerships within like two weeks, four weeks. We also have a private Facebook group where any question that you have that's like not during the coaching call, you just ask and we will answer it. Um, And so that's, and if you're a dietitian, you get 65 continuing education credits. So that's pretty sweet too. Oh, okay. Um, so okay. I've got to stop you there because what in that, because this is worth you. If you, if people listening need, need continuing it. And I told Amy this the other day and I just screamed when she said this and I saw it. It's also on the master of the media website. I've got to say, I was like, Amy, you could have a kidney. You could have one of my kidneys for that many continuing education. 65 people. 65 continuing ed credits. Okay, carry on. I'm sorry. I just had to interject because that got me so excited. Right. And so what we did now, actually, because the the educational materials are lifetime, you can complete the education part of it anytime you want. So like, if you sign up today and you don't need your credits until three years from now, you can just like recomplete it at that point and get your certificate then and you're good to go. Um, So yeah. And the masterclass that I'm hosting. So today is, I think it's like January 10th. I don't even know. Um, yeah. But the masterclass is- I just had to look at the calendar over here. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Wait, before, you- yes, it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. In a little over one week. So there's going to be three masterclasses. You just choose the date and time that works best for you. So January 18th at 1 p.m. Eastern time, January 19th at 10 a.m. Eastern time, and January 19th at 5 p.m. Eastern time. And the topic is how to make over $200,000 annually from working with brands. I'm going to literally show you how I do it. I'm going to break down the steps. So you have literal actual takeaway from the course at, from the masterclass. Um, and we're giving away fun prizes. There's over, there's $200 in prizes in every one of those classes. If you attend live and the very last class is a little bit longer and it offers a CEU credit. I, I mean, honestly, like, like really, Amy's like prizes. And I'm like, those are nice for credits. <laughs> See, there's something for I can't, I can't help it. I can't help it because I, because <laughs> listeners, if you are a dietitian and you're like in that, in that place where you're, you know, those credits are coming up, right? Like, but you're putting it off. I just want to say that I really, I am personally someone who really thrives under pressure. So like I needed to be in the last final days to get this done, but I was in the final like I, I submitted on the day that mine were due and I was losing it because I was like, I'm going to have to take the RD exam again. Like that's where we, that's where we are. Like, this is, they're, they're coming <laughs> for me do. and I'm going to have to do this again, which I don't want to do. I, I'm worried I wouldn't pass. Like what if I didn't pass? I'd be so upsetting. I think I would. I do think you I would, would because my brain to, is strange like that. You would just have to like I'd have spend to study. weeks of your life studying and that's right. why well, that there's other time. things to do. There's brand partnerships to get. Yes. Exactly. I have other things to do, especially now that I've talked to Amy. All right. So I'm going to leave links to, to directly, um, register for the program for the masterclass in this, in this, uh, episode. I'm like, where are we? I'm going to leave these links, these (laughs) affiliate links in the, in the notes of the episode so that you guys can easily access them. But in the meantime, I want to ask you something that I was thinking about that we talked about that I feel like everyone needs to hear from you, Amy, which is that, um, I feel like, like when I first looked at the page, right, I know you, I know the value of this program is beyond, is almost beyond what words can even describe, right? Because there's so many ways that you can take the knowledge and the information that the program gives you and use them. But I also think that if I were still working clinically or working in private practice, that I might see the price tag and be like, oh my God, I can't breathe. Like, I'm not going to be able to do this. And I'm really bummed because I want to be able to do this. So I want you to tell us where you're coming from and what, and what the value is of the program from there. Yes. And thank you for bringing this up because, you know, like we said earlier in this episode, we have to talk about money. So the program is six, it's $6,000 and that there's also a monthly payment plan over six months. You get a discount for pain in full though. Um, And I always tell people, if you have to split it up between multiple credit cards, just email me or DM me and we'll, we'll make that happen. Um, And I know you might be saying like, that's a lot of money, Amy, like, (laughs) you know, Um, and it is. But remember what we talked about a few minutes ago about mindset and investing in yourself. And this is a moment where if you take that leap of faith and you believe in yourself and you invest, only good things are going to happen. All of our students, every single one who's done all of the work, and there is, I'm not going to say like, this is all like 
easy breezy, like, you know, pay some money and things happen to you. You have to actually do the work to figure out your needs to like reach out to media and, and all of that. Um, but maybe you have time and you're trying to figure out how to maximally use that time. Mm. Um, so if you do this, I promise you, like you will see results and you will see them so much faster than if you try to figure this out, taking years and years. And that's really like, we're, you know, there's something called opportunity cost in business. What is your time? What is the time that you, I don't want to say waste, but like waste trying to figure out like how to make this all happen without spending any money. But if you spend the money and you learn how to do this, and then in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, you could be making all this money. Like you literally just like, we don't even have to talk about this anymore. Right. 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 Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, no, I mean, listen, I, I think, I also think that if I were to circle back on the anecdote that I used about having my name and likeness used (laughs) without my permission (laughs) and what I would have said, just even having this conversation with Amy, right? Like even, even just us having this conversation and like just having the reassurance of someone who is in the same field as I am in. Right. And, And and who could have been like, wait a second, even just having someone else outside of you and your immediate family who, who does not necessarily know or deeply understand what you do say, wait a second, that's really screwed up. And like, that shouldn't be happening. And, and not that this is necessarily my fault, quote unquote, but what are some things that I could have done differently at the outset to to make sure that something like this didn't happen? Yes. Or the what to do about it component. I just feel like that is leaving actual dollars on the floor that somebody went out and pitched my name (laughs) without me knowing about it, right? Like that is leaving money there because I'm not going to work with this brand ever. And I'm not going to say nice things about them either. (laughs) And and like I shared with you that example of one of our students who signed a contract that gave a brand her name and like yes. for eternity. And that, yeah. that alone, that's, I know it's hard to imagine, but that's worth hundreds of thousands, if not like millions of dollars, because that means she's going to have a problem working with any brand in that category ever again. And that's a lot of money on the table. Yeah. Um, I also want to throw in, there's also the program. We have a 100% money back guarantee. So if you do the whole program and you're like, this just isn't working, this did not work for me. Yeah. Your money back. Like yeah. we're not there to be like, you have to do this. Like we just, we want you to succeed and we're going to do everything we can for that to happen. That's what all that handholding is there for. But just in case, yeah, that's kind of there just to you know give people that peace of mind. That's a huge deal. Very much reminds me of my, my trusted, tried and trusted good housekeeping seal. That really reminds me yes. that it's a two year limited <laughs> warranty. It's a beautiful thing. And I will remind our listeners that when Amy spoke about Samantha Cassidy, who has been, who is also a former guest of this podcast. Well, I will also encourage everybody to go back and listen to Sam's episode. I can't remember what number it was, but, um, but it was November of last year. And the fact that I remember that is that in impressive in yeah. and of itself. Exactly. I'm putting that in the show notes too. All right. So I have to ask you our, our final our final question, the new, the new last question, if you will, Amy, what's pissing you off? Like what's one stupid thing that you're seeing in the quote unquote oh my wellness gosh. You're space asking me this on a day when I literally texted Sam, when I woke up at like, I was like brushing my teeth and I was like, wait, pause. I have to text her because I'm so freaking irritated right now. Yes. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to like, I'm never named names, but like there's a brand that is not paying people. And these are all like dietitians with followers. Like some of them have hundreds of thousands of followers and they're all posting about it for free. Their only payment was like free samples. And Samantha and I both got the same email from the brand and I didn't even reply, I think. And she like replied and said, no, thank you. But the bottom line is like, you should always get paid for doing work for, for endorsing a product. And it doesn't go very well too. When like you're trying to get another brand to see the value and paying you a lot of money but here you are posting about this other brand for free. Like, how does that work? No, no. I mean, wait a second. That's, in, that's <laughs> insane. That's insane. But also I just didn't think like, uh, okay, I, I'm sorry. This is so naive of me and I wasn't born yesterday, so I should know better. But I, my mind is a little bit blown because like, I do get that. Like, I'm not sure who you're talking about. I will have to find out from Amy offline and <laughs> I will keep her, her general tone of discretion and, and kindness. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to divulge listeners, but I, but I will have to know who this is, but I've got to say most, most people, like, I just did not understand that that was happening still 
in food and beverage. Like that would not even occur to me. That wouldn't occur to me because, because we assume that you have to eat in order to live. So you're really just suckering people in by giving away samples or products and saying post about it. That is a fact. You need money to buy food. You need food to survive. And to live. Right. I know that the mindset of a lot of these people are, well, maybe if I do this for free, they'll pay me for something. But A, I personally have never, like, I think sometimes you have to kind of look at the brand and say, do they historically work with people with my kind of following or my kind of niche? Mm -hmm. For Mm -hmm. me personally, the answer is in the capacity that on social media, no. So it's a whole different conversation if we're talking and the answer is yes. Um, But that's the other part. I'm not saying that you can never, ever post anything for free ever, but it has to be done in a smart way. So like, you know, sometimes I've been in the middle of contract negotiations and like the perfect opportunity to talk about a product and, you know, an eat this, not that interview comes up. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to not put the product in because it's hundred percent perfect because we haven't signed a contract yet. So I did, you know, I'm going to do that. And then the brand's going to see like, Oh my gosh, she's making things happen. We're not even paying her. We don't even have a signed contract yet. That's just going to make them want to work with me even more. So that's strategic. Right. Or, right. You know, there's products like, you know, we made, um, beyond sausage for dinner last night while my husband cooked it. He actually cooks guys and uh, he's really good at it. And um, it's amazing. If I had actually taken a picture, I was too hungry though, and I ate it all before I even thought of taking a picture. You know, I could have posted that and been like, this is amazing because, yeah. you know, if they wanted to work with me, that would be pretty cool. And I want to get their attention, but that's strategic. I know that, right. you know, I'd have to do the research first to see like, are they working with people like me? Um, you know, and, and am I not working with any competitors right now where this would be an issue mm. and kind of go through that whole thought process. There's kind of like a checklist of questions you need to ask yourself. So all this to say, think before you put anything on social media and before you agree to work without getting compensated because you shouldn't work. Yes. And it's strategic. (laughs) And I love that this is, I love what you're saying there is that it doesn't mean don't do it. It means that you need to have in mind what you want to get out of it by doing it, which I think like that can be measured in different ways. So as long as you know what those ways are, you're in, you're in better shape than someone who doesn't. Huge. Amy, thank you so much for doing this. And I just, I can't even tell you how much, I just feel like we've been on this recording for an hour and I feel like I've learned so much and in so little time. So I can only, I can only say that anything that you do is of the highest value. And I, again, listeners, the the links to sign up for the Master the Media um, Masterclass and for the program are going to be in this episode notes. Um, so definitely check those out. And Amy, tell us where everyone can find you and follow you and follow all of the amazing work that you're doing because you are doing amazing work. And I'm really glad thank we you. have you in this pre- profession. <laughs> thank you so much for having me today. Honestly, like this time has just flown by and I'm like, how is it that time already? I know. Um, so I know. <laughs> on Instagram, you can find me at Master the Media and Amy D. Bourne, those two accounts, right? And then my websites are masterthemedia.co and plantbasedwithamy.com. Amazing. Amy, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to The Business of Wellness. I'm your host and executive producer, Jacqueline London. Remember that advice provided on this podcast is based on my application of research and practice as a registered dietitian and should not replace medical advice provided by your physician. If you like what you're listening to, please follow the show, leave a five-star rating, and share something you love from today's episode by leaving a review. This podcast only grows with your support. So if you enjoyed this episode, share it far and wide. It may be the one thing someone needs to hear to start building that roadmap today to secure a healthier, happier future. That's it for now. So until next time, cheers.